Our new affiliate, Ascent Nutrition, which was founded by my good friend Lance Shuttler, is making a huge difference in our community. Last week, I talked about the amazing benefits of Ascent Nutrition's pine pollen. Now it's time to check out their organic coffee. Ascent's coffee is organic, mold and mycotoxin free, and some of the cleanest and best tasting coffee in the world. We just got our bag of Ascent's organic coffee beans last week, and it's already almost gone. I'm a huge coffee guy, and this coffee is awesome. There's no going back to store-bought coffee for me. Visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your organic mold and mycotoxin-free coffee. Or just click the link in the description to check out all the amazing products Ascent Nutrition has to offer. back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Sharon Delarose. First, I have a couple of announcements. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Minds, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Check out Rockfin. This is where you get our premium content and all the premium content and free content from every creator on Rockfin. It's only $10 a month, and you can create a free account to get all the free content on there, and there's tons of it. Just go to rockfin.com FKN plus or click the link in the description. Our website is forbiddenknowledge.news. It's the home also of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. We feature amazing podcasts from our growing community there. Go check that out. All those links are right in the description. Today I want to welcome Sharon Delarose. She is an investigator, mythologist, and UFO experiencer. She undertook what became a mission to research and bring to light the Earth's extraterrestrial history. She believes that studying extraterrestrial history may be the key to understanding our future. Sharon, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I've been looking forward to this. This is a very interesting, sometimes frightening, but extremely important conversation that we're about to have. The end More of days... important than people realize. Oh, yeah. So the end of days has been a collective fear in global consciousness probably since the beginning of time. Uh, yes. We know that our planet has experienced multiple cataclysms that may have yes. wiped out large percentages of life multiple times. Yes. But the question is, are we due for another? What's going to be the catalyst? And <laughs> are there beings out there that may have an interest in keeping the planet intact? Or maybe the opposite. 
Now, we're going to explore this through ancient prophecies that might shed light on the possibilities of the end of days, as well as possibilities that there are beings in the cosmos that are directly connected with these events. Uh, Now, before we get to any of that, this is your first time on. Tell us more about yourself and what led you to look into and write about these fascinating topics. Well, they've extraterrestrials have been with me literally since I was a toddler. Uh, I've been taken so many times I couldn't even count. It is, these go back to my earliest memories. And so they've been with me. Uh, There were several in, I'm from upstate New York and I was born in the late 1950s. In the mid 1960s, there were several UFO, major, major UFO uh, events up there. And a lot of my experiences coincide. I didn't know at the time. I didn't know until I started researching this, just for the personal part of this, that um, a lot of my really bizarre experiences coincided with these UFO waves. I had another uh, series in the 1980s, mid 1980s to early 1990s, which I later found out coincided with another wave of UFOs around the world. The Gulf Breeze, um, Florida, Withville, Virginia, they happened at the same time. And if you drew a line between those cities, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, right, right along their flight path. And they've always been with me. It goes up, it goes down. But that was part of what has brought me into this topic. The other part is when I started researching just for my own personal, I started discovering that this was a bigger, bigger picture. And I came across uh, the fairies of Ireland, the Tawatha de Danon, and they just drew me in the minute I started reading about them. And I discovered that they were, I don't, a lot of people don't know this because they've been, we've been told that they were little people, invisible little beings, Tinkerbell, but what Mm. they were, they were the original descriptions. They were Nordic aliens, just like the Nordic aliens that are coming to earth today. The descriptions are identical. Their activities are identical. I've researched uh, the ancient Nordics. That has, that's been my passion. I've got nine books just on the ancient Nordic extraterrestrials and it shows, you know, today and then nine books on it. And the first book, Fairies of Ireland, the paperback version is 512 pages just for that one book. And the end of the book has 25 pages of source, you know, sourcing. This is where it came. I didn't, I didn't just pull it out of the sky. Everything is fully sourced. So everything that I'm saying in the books, it says, well, this is who said it. This is the historian the ancient Irish or whatever historian you know, may have come out of an encyclopedia or wherever, this is where it came from. And so that's what got me into it, It's just always been there <laughs> in now, one form or another. Excellent. Uh, did these beings that, you, that you've personally encountered, what kind of uh, beings or entities were these? Did, did you encounter the Nordics as well? I have a few memories of the Nordics, the most vivid memories of mine are of the greys. Those are the ones that I remember from childhood. Those were my earliest visitors. And as I said, I was born in the late fifties. So back then we, everybody knows what they look like today. It's all over the internet. It's all over TV. It wasn't anywhere back then. And that's what I was encountering long before any image ever went public of them. Now, were these the smaller ones or the taller greys? Smaller ones. The smaller now, ones. 
what do you think? Do you think that these gray beings are kind of biological robots that are uh, to interface between us and the other extraterrestrials? Or are they just different kinds of entities or biological entities or maybe a mix of both? Well, I think there's different ones, but the ones I absolutely, I think that the ones I encountered may have been biological. I know they had the ability to breathe air out of their mouths because one of the things that they did was to breathe. It was very, very vivid to just lean over. I'm laying there with my face up and this one gray, he's got his face just about a foot over mine looking down and he opens his mouth and he breathes on me and everything goes dark. And I wrote about, and, and it seems really, really odd, but I wrote it. The last book I published actually went into the fact that this breathing thing, breathing on people, they talked about it in the Bible. There have been stories from you know ancient history of entities breathing on you and the significance of that. So uh, the last book I wrote, um, Extraterrestrial Messages and Visions in a Dream, because a lot of people remember their encounters as if they were dreams and we've been taught, well, hey, it's a dream. It doesn't mean anything. You just had a dream. But this whole concept of remembering in a dream, that goes back thousands of years too, including all through the Bible. God spoke to people in dreams. That way the, the Greek gods did as well. The Celtic gods did as well. So this is, it's a thing. And just for all of the people like me, who don't, I have waking memories, but I have a lot of dream memories. And for all of the people out there like me who think, oh, I just had a dream. It couldn't have been real. It really could have been real. And that book explains how and why and all of the history of that. Now, before we get into uh, the topic of end of days and just uh, kind of discussing these ancient texts, I want to mm. know for you, the uh, the Nordics, are these, what are their interests in humanity? Are these negative or positive entities? The ones that I've researched, I believe there may be more than one species, but the ones that I've specifically researched, they were friends of man. If they had not come to earth triggering the Bronze Age all around the world, not just one little group, this was worldwide for the Nordics, they triggered the Bronze Age. But if they hadn't come, humanity, uh, Homo sapiens would be extinct. They protected us from a race of giants that were hunting us down and we would not have survived that. And they, they literally saved our species and they taught us, they were teachers, they were mentors, they built schools, they built libraries, they brought civilization, everything we know. We think we learned everything ourselves. We just think we, we were so egotistical. We discovered fire. We discovered how to build a road, how to plant a farm, everything. We didn't do any of that. They taught us literally every single aspect of civilization. And if you look at the Smithsonian Institution interactive timeline of human evolution, our maybe not homo sapiens, a couple hundred thousand some odd years old, but the hominids go back for millions of years that this timeline. And in all of that time, we did never lift ourselves up ever. And then all of a sudden they come down out of the sky and we've got fire, we've got roads, we've got corn, we've got wheat, veterinary medicine. They taught us veterinary medicine. Um, that one's interesting because we've twisted those stories into animal sacrifice. But I showed in one of the books that they were teaching us veterinary medicine by 
you know, cutting open um, an, an animal and studying its insides. And this was their way of teach, just like we teach doctors today. So everything that we're being taught about these beings has been twisted by power brokers. So Right. Well, now, based on your research, uh, would this be the same beings uh, considered the Anunnaki? Very likely. I have not studied the Anunnaki in the detail of their description outside of the fact that they were giants. But as far as was their full description the same as the Nordic aliens, but almost everywhere else that I have studied. Um, the Greek gods, they were Nordic aliens, the Celtic uh, gods of the British islands, they were Nordic aliens, the Scandinavian gods. I've also placed them all throughout the Americas. I've placed them in Russia. Uh, I've placed them literally all around the world, the Nordic aliens specifically. And they were all in India. They were all interrelated. And it's just, it's absolutely fascinating. Well, let's get to the uh, the texts that indicate that we have had these these prophecies around for a very yeah. long time from different uh, from different eras yeah. from different angles uh, from yeah. biblical to Norse to Hindu that yeah. kind of predicts that we are headed towards a mass yeah. cataclysm that could wipe off a good portion of the life on the planet. Now, what yeah. could, what ancient texts could we look at that indicate this? Well, one people think of revelation in the Bible, but one of my favorites that I came across fairly recently is the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And the book of Daniel spoke of four kingdoms at the end of the world that would exist on earth at the end of the world. Now, you got to understand the world back then was completely different. The borders, the kingdoms, the kings, you know, it, there was no, there's no similarity. And yet thousands of years ago, before Christ, in the book of Daniel, he was a prophet, a biblical prophet. He wrote about four kingdoms and he described them by emblems. There were emblems. The one kingdom was represented as a lion with the wings of an eagle and the heart of a man. That's the United States. The We originated the you know the the 13 colonies originated from england and england is represented by a lion or actually three lions but a lion the united states is represented by a bald eagle so we basically flew away from um, england to become a lion with the wings of an eagle and the heart of a man that's definitely got to be the united states the next big kingdom is represented by a bear that devours much flesh. That's Russia. Russia is the emblem for Russia. I don't think it's their official emblem, but everybody knows them by the emblem of a bear. I think it was Ronald Reagan when he was running for a re-election, had a television commercial out, uh, a bear lurking in the woods. And this was supposed to be very frightening and, and, and you know very concerning to everyone. And he was basically representing Russia. So that's the second kingdom that the Old Testament spoke of. The third kingdom was represented by a four-headed leopard. Now, everybody's expecting China in, you know, these four kingdoms. But if you study all of the, you know, countries around the world, the one that matches that is India. India is represented by four lions standing back to back. So that would be the closest thing to a four-headed leopard. 
And India is such a quiet country. They're very peaceful. It's one of the most peaceful, for, especially for the size. But they have the second largest military in the world, and they're a nuclear power. They remain peaceful. They try to stay on good terms with everyone. But if something were to change, they would be a force to be reckoned with. And at some point, you know, they're probably going to have to get involved with whatever's you know, coming down the pike. So that's the third kingdom. The fourth kingdom doesn't even have an emblem, no emblem. Isis is represented with a solid black flag. So if you take Isis and Al-Qaeda and all of they're they're all related, they're all connected. This would be, as far as I'm concerned, the fourth kingdom that the book of Daniel spoke of. Now, this kingdom wages war against the saints. And of course, be, being biblical, they're talking about the biblical saints. Well, that would be, you know, that would be Isis. This kingdom wants to change the laws. And it literally just stomps all over, you know, the, the, you know, the earth. And as we know, they've gone into some of the ancient cities and just raised them to the ground. Some, uh, you know, the old, a lot of the ancient, ancient, uh, a lot of them were built by the Greek gods. So the Anunnaki, and they've literally just destroyed those cities right down to the ground. Mm. So I believe that that is the, those are the fourth kingdom, the four kingdoms that the book of Daniel says are going to exist at the end of days. But there will be an ancient of days coming down out of the sky. He's going to destroy the fourth kingdom, and then he's going to take power away from the other three kingdoms. So that's the book of Daniel prophecy um, relating yep. to the end of it. You look at Ukraine and Russia invading. Russia wants to take, it used to have, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 uh, you know, independent countries that are independent now that broke away from Russia, it wants them all back. Mm -hmm. So we're watching this play out in real time. Yeah, uh, for sure. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this aspect that the United States military and shadow government uh, most likely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> funds ISIS and created ISIS uh, as a part of our own shadow military. I want to get your thoughts on that. It's scary. Uh, the we're into a lot of things. Um, one could, you know, everybody hears of like George Soros and you know all the deep state and so forth. I think it goes so much. I think there has to be something behind all of you know all of the people that we see on the news and so forth. I think it has to go much much deeper. And it's, I don't understand this. In my lifetime, one lifetime, I have watched so many things being invented, you know, computers, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have dishwashers, microwaves, you know, I mean, man on the moon, missions to Mars, all of this is one lifetime that we have accomplished. And in the same lifetime, my lifetime, we're tearing it all down, everything, we're literally destroying everything. We are not, you know, not God, not extraterrestrial, humans. And it's just, I can't wrap my head around why, unless, and this is kind of scary, and it's really uh, not a popular, uh, you will never see this on mainstream media, but human population is, you know, 
exponentially expanding, expanding to, and it, I've heard, I mean, from what I've read, there's a tipping point. Mm. And I think we're going to get to that not too far in the future. And once, once you get there, there's nowhere to go. We can't fix it if we let it get too far. I can't help but wonder if some of what they're doing is literally, because you can't tell people don't have kids. You can't right. tell China tried and then they ended up stopping it's on the Georgia so, Guidestones. You know, they want yes, the population it is. down to 500 yeah. million. And, and, and I can't help but wonder if that's because everything that they say is wrong. Oh, we've got to, you know, fix the environment. We got to fix food. We got to fix water. We got to fix pollution. If you go to the absolute nugget of a source, what's mm. the source? Too many people. So I can't help but wonder, I, I can't help but wonder if China released COVID specifically for that. And I'm sure there's going to be more just like it coming down the pike. I can't help but wonder if this is their way to address that. Yeah, I mean, with everything that we've learned in the past few years, I don't trust any government or political system yeah. or elitist or corporations that uh, are telling me anything about what I should know about the reality yeah. that we live in. So, I mean, we at least the, the one good thing is a lot of people have woken up since this has happened. That's a good yeah. thing. Now, I want to get back to the possibilities that we're living in, what people may consider the end of days. And one yeah. of the large characters in that is, of course, the Antichrist. And I want to get your take oh. on this character, this individual. The Antichrist is here. Everybody, is, you know, is expecting some man to come down out of the sky and stand at a podium and you're going to know who he is. I don't know who the Antichrist is or what the Antichrist is. All I know is this, it's here because Christian, you know, the Antichrist is anti-Christ, anti-Christian. And Christianity is under attack from every single quadrant and it's always so innocent it's like okay well don't say merry christmas because you know not everybody you know celebrates or don't say uh you know christmas cards don't have a nativity scene don't have the ten commandments don't do the you know, and it's always one little piece and it's always made to be well you want to be fair to everybody and of course we want to be fair to everybody but this is a back way around attacking Christianity on every single front to bring it, literally destroy it. There's a story out of ancient Ireland um, about King O'Brien, um, Murtak O'Brien. I think this was in 1101 AD. He told his, you know, he was in the middle of a war and he told his soldiers on attacking a particular castle, every one of you has to take one stone away from this castle carry away one stone at the end of all of these soldiers you see a soldier carrying a stone you don't think anything of it by the time they were done that castle was gone and there was no evidence left that's what's happening to christianity today i mean you can't have a christian business you're under attack you're under lawsuits christians in some parts of the world it's illegal to be a christian christians are being killed they're being beheaded christianity is under attack worldwide and there are millions of people the antichrist this isn't one person doing this there's ordinary people doing this because the antichrist the bible says if it were possible he will deceive the very elect and that's exactly what's happening there are millions of people who believe that it's okay let's you know attack this little piece or that little piece so that because it's no big deal and so there's millions of people doing his bidding and they're not even aware of it. They don't even realize what the true purpose of this is. 
And of course, the destruction does not end with Christianity. Um, But I I think it's all connected, everything going on today. And the end of the world is not a singular event that happens like that, like an asteroid. It's a very long, drawn-out process that takes years, decades, could be 100, could be 200 years. I mean, we've not been given a timeline, but we it has it has begun it's definitely begun yeah we've seen some very profound occasions uh since 2020 since 2019 that have ramped up since then you know first we yeah. have the COVID and everything surrounding that now we're moving into the russia situation mm-hmm. uh the fear is ramping up there and it seems to be going off this playbook from the book of revelations now there's plenty of things that we have to look at that are possibilities if we're if we're looking at biblical texts, such as yeah. one of them is the rapture. Uh, let's get yes. your take on this. The rapture, as it's described, and it, they don't even really use the word rapture, as far as I know. But the rapture, there have there are people that have already been raptured, and I believe that the way it's going to happen, it's very similar to an alien abduction. It's two people will be on a roof one will get taken the other will get left behind two people will be working in a field and one will get taken the other will get left behind two women grinding in a mill this is the description of what's going to happen and what this is it's an evacuation of people before things get really bad there's two different aspects of this you have people that are going to be removed from earth before things get really, really bad, so they don't have to live through it. Everybody else stays here and lives through it, but then there will be a final evacuation off of the planet because at some point this planet will become unlivable and they literally will evacuate humans to a new earth. Um, it's now, is new this heavens. The Nordics doing this? I believe so. The You don't hear description a lot of descriptions of the angels in the bible except that they were giants they were greater than the great the watchers the specifically the in the book of enoch um, which is extra biblical but it is in some by there is no one bible you have every bible is different and the wording is different some have more books than others and the book of enoch existed in some bibles uh, eastern orthodox religion and in that he describes his watchers as greater than the great giants in size, countless soldiers of human appearance. But he doesn't describe them beyond that. However, when you get into descriptions of Noah, the birth of Noah, Noah's Ark, and this is also in the book of Enoch, Noah was born. He was said to look like the angels. His father freaked out. His father said, this is not my child you had relations with one of the angels because this is not my child. Noah was born with skin as white as snow and hair as white as white wool. And that was so unusual for that time and place. And we think of white as like me, Caucasian, but the white, whiter than snow, you take a piece of copy paper and hold it up to any Caucasian that's whiter than snow. Their, their color is very, very distinctive. And it's very, very pale. It's like more like a person, you know, like a dead person, you know, just no color at all. It's a very, very white, uh, just like Charles James Hall's tall whites had that same description, very, very, very white. 
But Noah, of Noah's Ark, that's the description. And he was said to look like the angels, and that's what his father thought. So that's a clue on the biblical angels that they must have been Nordic. Because everybody else around the world, they were all Nordic aliens. The you know Scandinavian, even in India, there was a race called the Prasii that lived in India. They were descended from the Greek god Heracles. And in throughout my books, I show that there are similarities between some of the Greek gods and the Hindu gods and the gods of the Ireland and the Hindu gods. The gods of Ireland they travel to India, back and forth to India. You know, these people they traveled around the world, and we have the legends that of how far they traveled, they knew each other. They all knew each other. And so this is a worldwide, this was a worldwide um, arrival. Mm-hmm. Hello, friends. Chris Matthew with Forbidden Knowledge News here with a special announcement. We are starting production on the Forbidden Documentary. That's right. We're breaking out the camera, lights, microphone, and hitting the road. This is going to be much bigger than your average conspiracy doc. It's going to be a conspiracy docu-series. And we're going to take all of you on the road with Forbidden Knowledge News, as well as all your favorite guests that have appeared over the years, authors, researchers, scientists, whistleblowers, contactees, fellow broadcasters, and some of you listening as well. The topics will include paranormal, ufology, historical conspiracies, hidden ancient history, current conspiracies, spirituality, cryptids, and much, much more. We're going to visit sacred and spiritual sites and places of high, high strangeness, and hopefully visit with as many of you along the way as possible. This project is currently completely self-funded, and we're asking for your help. We are going to jump into this head first, and hopefully the universe and maybe some of our amazing audience will help a bit. If you'd like to get involved with the production, email me, ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. And if you would like to help by leaving a donation, we have a Buy Me a Coffee or PayPal option. You can go to supportfkn.com or click that PayPal link in the description. Any amount is greatly appreciated and will help tremendously. And if you make a donation through supportfkn.com, you're going to also get access to select chapters from Corey Hughes' upcoming book about the JFK assassination. Be a part of an epic journey of discovery and truth with the Forbidden Documentary. Now, what, what can we look at that indicates a cause or a reason for these mass resets. If you look at the Anunnaki mythos, you have the two brothers, Enlil and Enki. One cared for humanity. One was not happy with their experiment and wanted to wipe it out and start over. Well, uh, I don't know if that's what we're seeing again. Maybe uh, a disagreement between celestial or extraterrestrial beings, or if it's a natural cycle, uh, you know, a, a comet, a meteor, something cosmic that happens every 20,000, 100,000, or even sooner, every 400 years. 3,600 years by Zechariah Sitchin. He wrote about the 12th planet, and he talked about the 3,600-year cycle. Well, let's, let's get uh, into this. Let's into what, what we're seeing here. This, the, there's going to be a cosmic disaster. It has nothing to do with 
wars, but there were wars between the gods, especially the elders and the youngers uh, went to battle against one another. But there, we are said to be living in a binary star system with two suns. Now, what fascinates me is the Cherokee Indians spoke of this. How could they have known unless someone told them? They had a legend about a mother son and a daughter son. And there was a problem because, you know, humans were being injured by, you know, too much sunlight. And so they went to the little men. I don't know who these little men were. You know, they went to the little men and asked them for help. The little men said that one of the sons needed to be killed. Well, something went wrong and the wrong son was killed or dimmed. So extraterrestrials did something in our solar system to control or dim one of the two suns in order to protect humanity. This is an ancient Cherokee legend. We have astronomers today that believe that we are in a binary star system, that the second sun, they call it nemesis, that it's a dim sun, sun and it's so far away that I don't know what the cycle is that it, that it would ever come into view, but there are astronomers that believe that, <clears throat> that there is a second sun, but we have it, the descriptions of this cosmic event in the New Testament, it says the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give off its light, and the stars will fall from heaven. The book of Ezra in the Old Testament the sun will shine at night, the moon will shine during the day, and the outgoings of the stars will change. Ragnarok, the Norse Ragnarok, speaks of, now this is another one ancient like the Cherokee, it speaks of the sun behind the sun. Here again, we have two suns, and the second sun is called Fenris Wolf, and it will swallow our sun. This is an ancient prophecy, but extraterrestrials will come to our aid. They will come to our rescue. Um, there's also Merlin, uh, the Celtic Merlin. Everybody you know, knows Merlin, the wizard, and, and he's been treated as if he was not a real entity, but he was a genuine person. He said that the planets will deviate from their orbits, including the moon. Baba Vanga, the Bulgarian Nostradamus, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, she, it was re, she, uh, she died a number of years ago, but she had like an 80% accuracy rate. And world leaders went to this woman. Uh, her prophecies were so accurate. She said that our sun will disappear. We will migrate to another planet with the assistance of extra, extraterrestrials, our creators. And she named specifically the Anunnaki, the India's Mahabharata. They said that the stars and the stellar groups will lose their light. The planetary conjunctions will be inauspicious. Inauspicious. A sun will appear with six other suns, whatever that means. And Rahu, nobody knows what this exactly means, but Rahu will swallow our sun. And the exact meaning of what this Rahu is. But this is across the board. This sun and a second sun, planets being thrown out of their orbits. This is cosmic. 
And I think it's a long way. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime because there's a lot of things that have to happen leading up to it. Mm. But that's the end of this cycle. But extraterrestrials, we do not have the ability to evacuate our planet. And there's no way to survive that. But, you know, the rap, you know, the rapture, the extraterrestrials, we've been told that motherships are going to appear at that point in time and take humans up off of this planet and carry us to a new world with new heavens. And when you hear heaven, you think of this invisible you know, realm with invisible people and you think it's not real. But heaven used to mean sky, cosmos. That was the original definition of heaven, sky, cosmos. So new heavens means what you see in the sky will be different than what we see now. The planets and the stars and the constellations, it will be different because we'll either be on a different planet or we will be on this planet after it's been you know, rebooted, uh, which they have the power to do. And now, it may be that both happen. This uh, this Cherokee mythos that you were discussing, and uh, it, in combination with the other ones around the globe, is very similar mm-hmm. to the Nibiru story uh, from Zachariah Stitchin yeah. and the story of the Anunnaki, like we were discussing earlier. But yeah. this second sun also has yeah. uh, planets that are attached to it, which could yes. indicate the other suns that this prophecy was talking about that you were sp- spoke of earlier um, yeah but it is very he, interesting because we are seeing some major planetary changes that can't be accounted for through yeah. normal what they call climate change uh, yeah. and i've been looking at this a while in- increase in earthquakes and volcanic activity the uh, jet streams are going crazy and there is something causing it and it's believed to be of cosmic nature yeah we've been finding planets that have orbits that we can't explain. They, they, their orbits are so big that, you know, we're just now seeing them because, you know, they weren't here when we started to record history just a couple hundred years ago. Um, and these planets, you know, why do they have such a wide orbit? I mean, th- this, th- it all comes together. And I think Zechariah Sitchin in his 12th planet, uh, didn't he say that the, um, they lived, you know, the, the entities that came here lived on a planet you know oh, that Nibiru. planet yeah. that was yeah so that it, it it all makes sense now you said that you believe that we have plenty of time until this happens and i, I believe mm-hmm. so too i don't think that yeah. this is a an overnight thing and uh mm-hmm. i think everything that we've seen so far is a stepping stone for the next event um yeah and this has seemingly been either known about or planned for centuries uh and it's fascinating to see how it all plays out and the connections between all the events that are happening right now that could be connected to something that we will never understand uh mainly the uh extraterrestrial phenomenon and their connection to this and what do you think that connection is do you think that they uh actually had a hand in creating humans absolutely in i want to say it might be forbidden islands of the gods yeah nordic aliens and forbidden islands of the gods it has a chapter or several actually on the creation of humans Um, as i said with the human evolutionary timeline we were basically ape-like for millions of years you know we weren't using tools we weren't building roads. we weren't doing anything for millions of years unchanged just like you look at the apes today 
and the monkeys today, you know, they're not evolving into us. And yet we were supposedly came from them and they're not changing, you know, they're not, you know, so we have ancestral legends. Our ancestors told us this, and we like to dismiss it and treat it as mythology. But all around the world, our ancestors told us the same story, that these beings came down out of the sky, and they taught us everything, literally everything. They taught us to read. They taught us to write. They built libraries. They built. They taught us how to live in towns together, in villages together. They taught us to create family units. We didn't even have family units at the, when they came down. Um, the way we treated each other was absolutely abominable by our own legends. This is what we're telling our, you know, this is what has come down through the ages. They taught us veterinary medicine. That's one of the most interesting things because, you know, we have stories of all of the bloody rituals that we did and they didn't do this. They never told us to engage in human sacrifice or animal sacrifice. They never did. We have that from even the Aztecs, the Incas, nowhere. They tried to stop. We were doing it and they tried to stop it. They tried to put a stop to it. I've got everything is sourced throughout the series. Everything is sourced. Um, you know, where this came, you know, where what I'm telling you came from. They tried to get us to burn some incense, you know, put a flower down, do anything, but do not kill animals and do not kill people, you know, for the sake of a, a, of a religious, you know, sacrifice. But the whole thing about killing animals, there was a thing where you would kill an animal and read its entrails, its guts to, as, to predict something. When I started studying the exact wording of that, I realized that what was happening with this was veterinary medicine, because they taught us how to keep cattle, how to keep you know, goats and horses, they taught us how to ride horses. Well, you can't do that without knowing how to deal with them when they get sick, when they get injured. So when you're teaching someone how to keep cattle, you also have to teach them what to do when there's a problem. That's veterinary medicine. So they taught us that too. They taught us literally, literally everything we know. They taught us math. I mean... Now, at some point, we as as a human race seem to have forgotten a lot of the ancient wisdom and abilities yeah. that we've had in the past. And uh, that brings me to the aspect of uh, a negative extraterrestrial presence that have could have been uh, interacting with humanity. Lots of people say, you know, reptilians yeah. uh, or dark entities of that nature. Do you think that there is that aspect where we have these negative reptilians whispering in our ears and trying to get us in a different direction and keep us in a closed or uh, non-energetic state of mind. Non-energetic. I do not know about the reptilians. I have not studied them, but I do know that the ancient legends spoke of a race of extraterrestrials, giants. Now the Nordics were giants. They stood from seven to nine feet tall. Their lifespan was about a thousand years. Just like today, they're said to be seven to nine feet tall. Their lifespan is about a thousand years. They spoke a uh, bird language. This is interesting. They spoke all around the world. We've got this out of North America, South America, this bird language. Then this brings all of these Nordic extraterrestrials together. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But as far as the negative aliens, the Nordics went to battle against a race of giants that were 
attacking humans or they were weight on earth, heavy weight on earth. And they may, now here's the thing. I don't know who there were extraterrestrial giants, but there were earthborn giants. And what, because of the way we hide history, I don't know if there were earthborn giants and extraterrestrial giants, or if all of the earthborn giants were children of hybrid children of the extraterrestrials, but whoever they were, they were literally eating all the food. They were hunting us as the way, as we hunt deer, they were hunting humans and they may have been, some of these giants were children of extraterrestrials with humans. There were Nordic extraterrestrials that were tasked with going after these giants, some of which were extraterrestrial, to wipe them off of Earth, to eradicate them from Earth. And we have stories of ancient wars um, between factions of extraterrestrials. We have it, uh, the Scandinavian legends talk about a race of giants that, you know, Odin... He was friend of mankind, he, you know, him and Thor, Freya, they protected humans against a race of, it almost seemed like they were related kindred giants as if they were all one, it almost seemed as if they were all one species. And so there were, there, there were factions at play. We get this out of um, Ireland. They also went to battle against a race of giants known as Fomorians. And these giants stood like 15, 10 to 15 feet tall. We have legends of ancient technology that they used against the giants, but they did not use this technology against humans. And that, this is really interesting to me. I'm sure you've heard of the um, Vietnam incident where we shot at an extraterrestrial ship, you know, during the war. Yeah. And that ship returned a missile that we shot at it. We have the serial number. It, you know, we shot at it. It took that same missile and shot at one of the ships that were, you know, one of our ships and hit it in the ocean. It had these extraterrestrials, they have the power, they could blow us out of the sky, they could blow it, they could wipe us out. They have advanced technology, but it used our missile as if to say, hey, don't shoot at us. Don't shoot it. You can't win this. And we're not going to go, you know, we're not going to use our technology. We're going to be on your level. We have a story out of ancient Ireland identical to that. When the Tuatha Dé Danann, the fairies of Ireland, arrived in Ireland, early on they had to go to battle against a race of giants that were there alongside humans that were you know, with the giants. They were under the giants' thumbs. They, Before they would go into battle, they said, let's compare weapons. You show me your weapons when we were fighting with spears. So they showed that they were going to fight with spears. And so they fought us with spears. These beings out of the cosmos, they had flying machines. They came from the stars. They had on earth, they had transcontinental ships, you know, that sailed across the ocean with uh, GPS systems. They were self-propelled, self-navigating, uh, voice activated. You tell it where to go and it would take you there. We're almost to that point. We've almost achieved that technology that they had thousands of years ago. But um, you know, they, they were they they did not fight humans with ex, you know extraterrestrial technology. They used our weapons then, and they're doing it now. And from what I can see, 
when they bring out the big guns, that is to fight something else, usually on our behalf. So that's what. Well, that brings me to the aspect of are these beings spiritual or technological or a combination of both? Right now, it seems the human race is being split apart into two different directions. It seems mm-hmm. that we're they're trying to extinguish spirituality in all forms and get us into this material technological age yeah. where we all plug ourselves into something called the metaverse and just stay there forever and don't experience our, our natural lives anymore. And there's this group of people that just want us to go there but there's this other group, uh, which I consider myself to be a part of, that wants to get back to a natural state that yeah. knows that we have these abilities to manifest and do very powerful things and magic and things of that nature on our own without the help of technology or machinery. But it seems that uh, there's uh, different aspects to these beings. Some seem technological, some seem spiritual, some seem both. I know that after I had my contact experience with what I now understand is my spirit guides, there was a major spiritual aspect and no materialistic, no technological aspect to it at all. Uh, But I want to get your take on these beings and are there different types of more spiritual beings besides the Nordics? Well, there are definitely more than one species of extraterrestrial, and they're all going to be different as far as, you know, how they view us and, and, you know, how they view Earth. But a lot of what's going on to take away spirituality, I think that's humans. I think we're doing that. I don't think there's a, I mean, there could be a race of extraterrestrials doing it, but it seems to me that we're doing that to ourselves because the, the ones that I've personally studied they were very technological, but they were also very, very spiritual. Um, even in the Bible, it, it spoke of the, you know, the, if you believe you can do anything, supposedly, and this is in the Bible, this is in the New Testament, this is what Jesus said. Everything that he did, all of his miracles, you, me, everybody should be able to do those same miracles. We supposedly all have the ability but for some reason it's been taken you know it's we've been taught not taught or you know tamped down but you know he raised the dead he multiplied food everything he did and he did it out of love and he taught love everything he taught and was love and if you take the noah you know if if he if if this if the biblical was also the nordic extraterrestrials um, everything they taught, what you know, they were trying to teach love for one another and love for nature. You take a, the Native American religion. Now, these beings were also in the Americas, and you take the Na- Native American absolute harmony with nature. I don't think extraterrestrials took it took it are taking it away. I think humans are taking it away. Um, I think the extraterrestrials. They one of the things with me. And I know that a lot of other uh, abductees, contactees, experiencers say the same thing, that you go onto their ships and, you know, forgetting people laying on a table, being poked and prodded. When I was on board the ship, they were testing me. I was undergoing psychic testing, uh, telekinesis, uh, remote viewing, you know, just testing of, you know, internal abilities and so forth. And I think a lot of people are undergoing that. 
they're also showing humans, you know, they take us up there and then they show us, they show us beautiful, beautiful places that you can't kind of like the avatar movies, the way everything glows. Um, I've seen that. And I think others have described seeing that too, where things you have an aura that glow, they show, they show us beautiful, beautiful places that exist. And I believe that, I believe that they are very, very spiritual. And I know that from the ones I've studied do believe in a higher power that is different from them, that they believe in, that is benevolent. Now they've had plenty of accounts from people who claim to have been abducted by various races that there mm. are human military personnel present during some of these instances. Uh, they'll see humans mixed in with whatever extraterrestrial beings, and sometimes it's not so pleasant what's happening. Like you were talking about yeah. earlier, people on a table being what they perceive as done experiments, but uh, you know, a lot of these instances I find when people are getting regressed and they find out more about it, it it ends up being something that was for their benefit. They just didn't know it mm -hmm. at the time. But I want to yeah. get your take on that and the possibility that our there are levels and factions of our military that know a lot more than oh, God, we would yeah. have known. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, first of all, we do know that there are some extraterrestrials that look just like us. They're not all gray, reptilian, Nordic, whatever. There are, and they may be, and they may be us having you know, been taken to. We have civilizations that have just vanished off of this planet and we don't know what happened to them that we don't believe they died off i believe that they may have been relocated to another you know planet in the cosmos and that might be what we're seeing with some of the human extraterrestrials um i do personally believe that um charles james hall the um he was in the military in the 1960s. He was in the Air Force and he was out in Nevada and he has written several books on his own personal encounters called the Millennial Hospitality Series. And he described a race of beings known as the Tall Whites. This was another race of Nordics that he personally encountered and interacted with. But he also spoke of how the generals, he called them, and these were the human generals, uh, were in contact with these beings as well. And he spoke of these generals being taken on uh, one of the spaceships, you know, out to the moon or through the galaxy. I don't know where they took them. And they came back laughing. They were having a grand old time. They were, you know, taken on a joy ride in a UFO. So there is definitely, uh, you know, we definitely know that human military does have some contact with these and some relationship with at least one species of extra. Well, the Eisenhower Treaty, where supposedly Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, uh, made an agreement with uh, supposedly the Greys. Now, it's my understanding that he met with the Nordics and they wanted us to go anti-nuke, um, which you can't really do that because you have to get every country on earth to agree to it. You can't just ask one because it's not going to relate to everybody, but they wanted us to go anti-nuke and they were going to teach us like spirituality, just beautiful, beautiful things. And I guess instead, and they told us not to trust the grazed. And I guess he, in my understanding, I may be incorrect about this, but my understanding is he made a deal with, I believe it was the grazed to abduct humans that to allow them to abduct humans. Now, this is interesting because the fairies of Ireland that Tuatha Dé Danann, the Nordic aliens that were here in the Bronze Age, they abducted humans. 
well, they actually abducted one another too, but only after receiving permission, they would play, usually play a game, like play, play me a game of chess. If you win, you know, I will give you some advanced piece of technology, some wondrous, you know, magical item. If I win, me being the extraterrestrial, I get to name my prize after the fact. I'm not going to tell you what I want until, you know, unless I win. And of course, and it was always a king that they were making. So it would be like a president today that they were making these agreements with. Well, of course, they would win and they would say, okay. And the king would say, you want gold, silver or jewels? What do you want? I want your wife. I want permission to take your wife. And that's what they would do. They would take the man's wife. Now, in one of the legends, they said, we're going to come back for her in one year. So we had a whole year and he planned to prevent them from taking his wife. He had a castle. He threw a great party. He knew the exact day they were going to come. He threw this great party. He had soldiers and people. The castle was surrounded. He had it locked down. Nobody could get in there. And yet this extraterrestrial just appears in the room, just like they do today. Um, the only, only the king and the queen saw the extraterrestrial, the other people in the room, just like today. The king was rendered unable to move. He was paralyzed. He could see, he could hear, but he could not move. He could not shout out to stop it. And he watched the extraterrestrial go to his wife, take her in his arm and float up into the air and out through the roof, just like they do today. I mean, the similarities and he got his wife back. And in these ancient abductions, they always seem to get their families back. But unlike today, where it's just a few hours, it was usually they were usually kept for a year and they appear to have been kept for cloning because um, in one of the abductions, when the king was able to retrieve his wife, he knew where she was and he went to get her. There were 50 identical clones. Now, this is an extraterrestrial fortress on Earth underground. This is another thing. And we've got these underground, uh, they lived, you know, they had underground fortresses around the world. uh, This extraterrestrial brought out 50 identical women to the king's wife and said, okay, pick out your wife from these. And he couldn't, he could not pick out his wife. They were identical until she made some signal that he recognized, oh, that's my wife. And he got his wife back, but they were cloning humans thousands of years ago. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very interesting. You say underground, it brings me yes. to the theory that, you know, possibly the many of these beings may not be coming from different star systems across the galaxy, that maybe some of them have always been here, or Could maybe be. just in a different spectrum, a different dimension Could that be. is very close to our, our planet, but not in outer space per se. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, that these beings just kind of exist beyond our perception? Well, there's two. One, we have found the underground cities all around the world. Um, in Turkey, there's one of the cities they found that was so big that it could, I, I, would it, I want to say it's Sacramento. Uh, the entire city of Sacramento, California, or one of those cities could fit, could live in this underground city that was found. And we've got them all around the world. And at the same time, we have legends that these, the Greek gods, the Celtic gods, the, we have the legends in the Americas, of them living above ground and underground. So we that's you know one set of legends, but we also have legends that 
sound like they had wormhole technology and the ability to portals on earth that you would step through this portal and be transported to another location on earth or possibly off planet. We have, I love the Cherokee legends. Um, I really fall in love with the Cherokee Indians and their history. It's just absolutely beautiful to me, but there was a village in distress. It was in danger from some outside. I don't know if it was Indian tribes or human and whoever it was. And there was a supernatural race known as the Nunahi. Now they're not described as Nordic aliens, but their activities are identical. They went to this village and said, okay, we live in peace and safety. We have plenty of food. Uh, You know, we never grow old. We never grow sick. You're welcome to come live with us. You know, leave your village and come live with us and you will be safe. And some of them didn't want to, some of them didn't go. So they watched the others leave, but they took them into a mountain. And what they saw inside this mountain was as if they were stepping through a portal into outdoors. There was like a valley and there was the sun and the sky and there were houses all around. And so it was as if they went into a mountain and stepped through a portal and went somewhere here. Now on the, Opposite end of this, we have in, um, I think it was the Inca legends, there's a legend of a mountain, a hill. There were three windows in this hill and people came out of these windows as if they were portals. There was a, you know, a group of humans, unidentified group of humans came out of one window. Another unidentified group of humans came out another window. And then the gods came out the third window. And it was as if they came through a portal into Inca territory. So, you know, we have the Cherokees going into a portal, into a mountain, vanishing somewhere. We have the Incas, you know, people coming through a a portal appearing. They had this portal technology. So uh, we also have a legend out of ancient Ireland where you had to have a piece of technology to travel almost interdimensionally. This woman lost her, um, I think it was a necklace or a ring, some item that she wore on her body and she lost it. And all of her people went through a portal into somewhere else. And she could not join them because she lost whatever item allowed her to travel that way. Um, We have Cherokee legends of stepping through portals and you're on a mountain, you're surrounded by trees on a path. The next thing you know, you step through a portal and you don't even see the portal. It's invisible unless you have a guide and they know where to walk to go through them. You step through the portal and instead of mountains and trees, all of a sudden you've got cornfields and peach trees. It's and just from stepping through this one portal. Well, that aspect where, is, is so yeah. fascinating. I've seen, uh, well, it makes me first think of the, the doors to nowhere uh, on these ancient megalithic yeah. structures. But then that. I've actually seen a video of a paranormal investigative team uh, at the new kind of paranormal hotspot called The Meadow. It's in Alabama. Uh, my friend Trey mm. Hudson was conducting this investigation where he sent a team out to a field where a black cube manifested in the field. Wow. And when they got there... They disappeared from view. They were on infrared and they were gone. And then they they realized they were somewhere else. They're feeling around. There's picker bushes that didn't exist before. They can't see. They have to backtrack for many, many feet till they find out 
where the entrance or exit was to this thing that they walked into and then they appear right back on camera like right about 20 they... feet no about 20 feet oh, further wow. from where they entered so it was the most insane footage i've ever seen yeah. but it was real it was absolutely real yeah. and you hear of uh, cryptid encounters where like bigfoot will step out of a portal or a dog man and things like that yeah. uh so it there, i think there's definitely something to portal technology and these beings having the ability to step through to different dimensions different I mean, there's a lot on our planet that we do not understand and we have taught our children not to believe in i mean you know the native americans they taught their children this is real all of this is real the extraterrestrials are real the portals are real and they taught their children the truth mm-hmm. we teach our children it's not real it's a boogeyman it doesn't exist. Oh, there's a monster, you know, coming and taking you out of your bed. Oh, well, you know, that's just, a, you know, it's just, it's not real. Mm-hmm. Don't believe in it. Don't believe in ghosts. Don't believe in God. Don't believe in anything. You know, it's not real. And that's what we teach our kids. And it's very, very sad because there is so much more to human existence and the planet and the world than what we're being taught. It's just absolutely, um, I'll, I have interesting unrelated story of um, psychic, you know, psychic ability. Uh, We adopted a dog a number of years ago, and she was a yo-yo dog, a shelter dog, and she'd been bounced from home to home. And we adopted her. And my husband heard in his mind, and we weren't planning to rename her, but my husband heard in his mind, the name Pasha. And I heard in my mind, the name Sasha. When she was in the room with us shortly after we adopted her, and we didn't talk about it for a couple of weeks, and then we both realized, you know, it was almost we don't know what her name, all of her names were. And I would, I try to get a hold of the shelter to find out if she had ever been named Pasha or Sasha, but they didn't want to talk to us because she had been returned to them so many times. I think they were afraid that we were calling to return her again, but she stayed with us uh, for the rest of her life. But it was, I think it was a psychic from her, um, mm. some memory that she shared with us. And it's just amazing that we, we just don't acknowledge uh, the beauty of this world and the plants and the animals and the abilities that yeah, exist and for everyone. To all of it. Yes, it's all connected. It. It's all connected. For sure. And we just don't allow it. Now, um, I want to bring this back around to uh, the type of end-of-days discussion to close mm-hmm. this out. Do you think that uh, we have a possibility of changing our timeline or shifting this to where we don't have to go through a, a global cataclysm, that it could possibly be avoided somehow other than extraterrestrial inter- uh, intervention? I don't think we can stop it. I mean, because it's cosmic, you can't. I don't that's far I don't even think the extraterrestrials have the ability to stop it. But one thing that um I didn't mention before, and you don't see this on the mainstream media, but you can find it if you go looking for it. Scientists claim that we are currently in what is known as a sixth mass extinction event right now. Honeybees that pollinate our food supply are dying off at an alarming rate. Butterflies, bats are dying by the millions. Antelopes, tens of thousands of antelopes just dropped dead and nobody knew why. Lions and tigers and cheetahs, all the big cats, they are facing extinction. They are literally 
facing extinction, giraffes. There are species of gorillas facing extinction. Um, one news article I read was Earth has lost half of its wildlife in the past 40 years. And this is, they're, they're you know, calling this a mass extinction event. And they're not talking about humans going extinct, but it seems like everything else is um, on, a, on, the, on the verge. And it, we're just so busy just quibbling over uh, human, I don't know, they're not talking about it. And I think they don't want to talk about it because there's no good solution. They, if you can't bring a good solution, then they don't want to alarm people because look at what we're doing now. I mean, look at the humanity. And this is something that was also predicted. The Hindu holy books in particular um, spoke of the humans at the end of days that we would lose 75% of our humanity, of our decency, of our morality when the end of day. And you, I mean, you just, oh my God, it, it's unbelievable watching how we, what we're doing to each other though. Oh, it's, it's crazy. But the book of Ezra in the Bible, it says that at the end of days, friends will attack one another just suddenly. Intelligence will go into hiding. Wisdom will withdraw from the earth. Uh, wickedness and the lack of restraint, uh, restraint just multiplies. This is the book of Ezra, the Old Testament. The New Testament speaks of nation rising against nation. Many shall, this is weird. The, the wording is weird. Many shall be offended and hate one another. And then Christians, of course, will be hated most of all, but offended. I love that word because look at, you know, today, you know, right. we're offended. Everybody's offended. Oh yeah. The Norse prophecies say the same things. Humans turning against each other. No one will have mercy, but the Hindus, say it best of all, they call this age the Kali Yuga. This is the end, the last cycle of a cycle of four. They call it an age of depravity, unrestrained by any law where every man is against its neighbor. Truth is mistaken for lies. Lies are mistaken for truth. Justice will be sought and not found. This is an age of hardship for people who hold true to their morals and ethics and values, we will deceive each other by spreading the net of virtue. Is this an ancient way of talking about virtue signaling? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, wow. this is wording from thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, we will be, dis this is another good one, the Hindu, uh, Mahabharata. We will be, quote, deceived by the false science of reasons mm. this is insane when you read these ancient prophecies that literally describe today exactly it, it, it's 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 amazing to me yeah it's it's very profound uh now uh, to close out with everything we're seeing right now occurring you said that we have you know we have time to that everything plays out do you think that there are those in control that definitely know what is ahead and are possibly uh controlling agendas and outcomes right now that could be directly linked to this i don't know how they could not know 
if an ordinary person like me, like you, like, you know, all of, there are so many of us, you know, studying ancient history. If, if we can figure it out, I don't know how they could not know, but you can't look at this period of time, this end of days and, and everything that's going to happen is just going to get worse and worse. I mean, it, and, until, you know, the end and they come down, but there is light. And I do want to end with that because mm-hmm. we will be, t- and I think this may be part of why they're cloning the cloning technology. I think this may be part of the whole uh, human alien hybrid. They've been doing the hybrid thing for thousands of years. I've written about that too. The whole human alien hybrid. A lot of what I think they're doing is in order to prepare us to live on another planet. Because you have to think, you know, they're not all, even if it's earth-like, there's going to be some differences. And I think that some of what they're doing when the Bible and some of the other religious texts talk about we will live there in our new bodies. And I'm not talking about invisible spirit. I'm talking about physical flesh and blood evacuation of humans from earth somewhere out into the cosmos onto a new planet earth. And this is what we've been promised by extraterrestrials around the world is going to happen. They are literally our taxi kip. The mother, oh, I'm going to talk about the mothership. The yeah. biblical mothership. Yeah, the it's called New Jerusalem. The Bible predicts New Jerusalem. It is a mothership the size that we've been given in stadia and furlongs, how big it's going to be. The bottom is square, four equal sides, and the measurement of the sides is the same. And then the measurement, you know, of the height is the same. So it could either be a pyramid or it could be a cube, like a board cube. Then this mothership is so big. That it, if it was hovering over the United States, it would cover over 66% of the continental US. This is a mothership of multitudinous proportions that could um, take millions off the planet. And this is just one prophecy of a mothership, just one. We have these motherships that have been here historically. The Mahabharata uh, had all sorts of descriptions of ancient um, flying cities. Drona's flying car, which resembled a city coursing through the skies. Sawa controlled an air-ranging city that scudded through the skies. The Daedias, a race of beings, supported themselves on a sky-ranging, unearthly aerial city, which flew anywhere at will, into the water, into the sky, and maneuvered like a UFO today, crooked, like a UFO. The car of Indra comes down out of the clouds and it moves with such speed that the eye can barely mark its progress, like a UFO shooting across the sky. We have it, you know, we've got this in the ancient India. We've got it out of the Bible. We've got the Norse technology, you know, the Norse uh, skid Bladnir, uh, we have the Book of Enoch. We have the Hudson Valley UFOs. They said they, you know, they described some of the UFOs as flying cities. So this concept of a mothership in the Bible coming down that they call New Jerusalem, this is not new. It is not, you know, we've been talking about this for thousands of years and it's all around the world. There is, and I don't want to just say that, you know, you talk about Christianity because I, I study that. Um, but Christians are not the only people who will be evacuated. 
So you've got to be really, really careful on how you interpret these. I believe it's kind of like if you've ever taken a cruise on a cruise ship and everybody's allotted a, um, a lifeboat and a person that leads that lifeboat. And it's like, you know, if the ship starts sinking, this is where you go. This is your lifeboat. I believe that that's what these prophecies are. Christianity is a singular uh, lifeboat or series of lifeboats for a group of people, but you have Norse lifeboats, you've got Hindu, you've got all around the world, uh, Native American, you've got all around the world, everybody's got a lifeboat, one or more lifeboats and people piloting those lifeboats. This is not just for one religion, there is not one religion that's going to be saved. I think that it's more uh, of a spiritual be, thing. If more you... of a, it is going to, I think it's going to be based on you. Right. You know, who you are as a person, because yeah. not everyone, I don't think everyone is going to get, I don't think they're going to take everybody. Um, but I think it's going to be, you know, the heart of each person that um, determines who does and does not get taken. Right. So, well, we definitely are living in fascinating and profound times. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more we could discuss, Sharon. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love yeah. to have you back on in the future. Yeah, we'd love to come back. For sure. Well, uh, before you head out, let everyone know where they can find uh, your books, social media, website, all that good stuff. You can find all of my books are on Amazon. They're, all of them exist in Kindle. Some of them are in Kindle Unlimited. Some of them are on Audible, um, you know, Audible for audiobooks. Uh, most of them are also in paperback form on Amazon. You just look for Sharon Delarose on Amazon and you will find them. There are 13, I think, nonfiction extraterrestrial. And there's some other books as well, uh, nature books I've written, uh, some pretty cool nature books, I think, uh, and a dog book. You can find me. I have a website, SharonDelaRose.com. My name is pretty simple. I'm on Facebook, Sharon Delarose. Uh, so it's, I'm out there. Perfect. Well, Sharon, not hard like, to find. Awesome. Well, that was excellent. And we will definitely have to talk again in the future. I would love that. Perfect. And I very much thank you for being here. Oh, I thank you. Thank you so much. And until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We will be talking again tomorrow. We'll see you then.